Hello, welcome to another episode of our podcast. And today I want to share with you from the word of God as usual. The way we label things really matters a lot. I I believe very strongly that one of the ways the enemy is able to get away with a lot of things, you know, is because of a mis because of the mislabeling of things. You know, you know how they label people wrongly, how they label things wrongly, how there is always a tendency to generalize a lot of things. How people are blindsided to what's really happening. You know, what the enemy does is actually to do something that will distract people from what he really plans to do. You know, like a chess game. Putting the pieces in such a way that you play them and people are distracted. The fear comes, you know. Like what the, uh, what a lot of leaders do in the world today. What do you think they do? They give you something to fight about. It's like negotiation. They tell you, we want this, we want this, we want this. And most of what they say they want, they don't really want. What they really want is perhaps 10% of what they tell you they want. So when you're negotiating, they give you, they give concessions on things they are willing to give concession. But they never tell you those things are not really what they are after. They make a lot of noise. Uh, they do a lot of things to make it look like these things, we are not going to negotiate them. So when they eventually give them to you, uh, it seems like you won. No, you didn't win. That thing they get at the end of the day is what they really wanted. All those other things were smoke screens to help them uh, be in a better position to negotiate with you. All right, so that that's the same thing. They, the enemy lets you think something is such a big deal, but what he really wants is something you don't even know is important to the enemy. Uh, let me give you some examples. So, just to paint the, paint the picture, I want uh, of what I'm saying. You know, in Africa, yeah, witchcraft is common. A lot of people know about witchcraft. It's on TV, is on is in movies, and all of that. So, people naturally think the way uh, the movies. Uh, portray witchcraft makes people think that the witches are in the villages but because people don't understand what witchcraft really is they don't know that they have witches amongst themselves that even some of them don't even know they are practicing it because witchcraft is basically bending the will it is actually a uh, is a government Yes, it is a government. It is a government headed by the enemy himself. But it's a government that is created to be like God's government. Just like God uh, created man and relates with man. Satan also created this government to be at the head of it, but allows men to run it in fear. Whereas with God, it's love. is own is fear so what you see is that witchcraft is just manipulating the will of the people bending the will of the people 
against the will of God. You know, that was forcing people directly or indirectly through influence or fear to make them do things the devil's way. Because you see, if you do things the right way, that's a good thing, right? Okay, so if you do what God wants, it ends in life and freedom for you. And there's no room for the devil in all that. So for the devil to continue to be relevant, for him to continue to have his government, his kingdom, he needs you to go against the will of God. He needs you to disobey God. And we find this very clearly in the story of Balaam, Balak, and the children of Israel in Numbers 23. Uh, you know, this is the background. Uh, Balak, the king, uh, went to hire went to hire Balaam, a prophet, a, you know, a diviner, to come and curse the children of Israel. And the reason he wanted to do that was because he was afraid to lose his kingdom because the children of Israel left Egypt and on their way they went through many countries or kingdoms as it were at the time and they wanted to get to a particular place and there are two options the short way and the long way so they wanted to go through the shortcut and the shortcut happens to go through Balak's kingdom through his kingdom so so they sent they sent messengers ahead to him say look Balak look we want to pass through your kingdom and we promise you we just want to pass through we don't have any issues with you we don't want trouble uh, if there's any damage through that of course we'll pay you we'll make up for it and all of that please we don't want trouble we just want to go through because you're going through your kingdom is shorter for us than going around passing through the longer way so that would be more beneficial to us if there's any cost we'll, we'll get we'll pay and all of that so uh, of course balak didn't believe it balak was afraid because of their size he is he, he panicked he was scared so he, i had uh he knew he didn't have the uh, he didn't have the uh the army a large enough army to take care to fight them so of course he had heard uh, what had happened to other nations that fought against israel and how they destroyed them so he knew it wasn't about armies these guys had something working for them that he had no answers to so what did he do so he went called for balaam come on you know god told balaam not to go balaam stubbornly went because of wealth or you know and anyway, so he tried to, he didn't succeed. So what did he do? You know, four times he tried to curse Israel, but four times, instead of curses coming out of his mouth, God made him to bless Israel. And that's what we find. So the, the point I'm making here is that the only way Satan can rule is if people go against the will of God. So for four, four times, Balaam tried to curse Israel. Instead, blessings came out. But if you read from, that was in chapter 23, you read into 24 to 25, if you read on, uh, you will get to the point, to the place where eventually uh, Balaam now told Balak what to do. There's no way we can, because if you read chapter 23 and uh, chapter 24 
Balaam said something, look, we can't curse them because they have done no wrong to God. They are in sync, in agreement with God. They are working righteously. So there's no way, there's no chink in their armor. The only thing we can do is to get them to disobey God, is to get them to dishonor God, is to get them to do something that would expose them to their God, expose them to destruction. So what happened was that they did something. If you read on in that uh, book of Numbers, what happened was that Balaam advised them to send women into their midst and to give food offered unto idols. These were things that were non-negotiable. In fact, it's the first of the commandments. Thou shalt worship no other God but God. No other. You can't. So idols were gods other than the God of Israel, Jehovah. So to go for idols, to eat food food offered unto idols, and to have sex with those uh, with women who were from other gods, expose Israel to attacks. Now, of course, you think God attacked them? No, not really. What happened was that. God was their shield. The moment they did that, they brought in other gods and their shield was compromised. The shield integrity was compromised. It went down. It couldn't withstand the attacks. Because you see, attacks keep coming. Balaam may not have succeeded in cursing them, but that doesn't mean other people were not cursing them. Those those nations had gods that hated God and hated Israel that would have uttered curses issued curses against them but they couldn't get to them because they were in righteousness they were in line with god's will so their armor was strong so but the moment they ate food offered unto idols and fornicated with the daughters of these gods because you see sex brings you into union with those with the person you are having you had sex with and if the person is already uh connected to idols that means those idols are now connected to you and if you have other gods that means jehovah is no longer your you understand how this is so that's what the bible calls uh wardom idolatry so god was not now the only god they depended on so the moment that happened their armor came down so what happened Yes, God ordered Moses that everybody who did this had to be killed. Why? So as to protect the integrity of the armor. So that those who were those who were uh, guilty could be separated from the innocent who didn't participate. The reason wasn't because God hated those people that died. It is because he had to preserve the remaining people who didn't compromise. If you, f- you find that in other instructions God gave to the children of Israel, if certain sins were committed, you had to separate it, You had to separate the sinners from those who didn't sin. Why? Not because God hated those people that sinned. It was because God wanted to preserve the remaining, the remnants, those who didn't do that so that they won't be wiped out because the moment you do those things remember you are walking in enemy territory you are hated 
the devil is after you. He's looking for any opportunity he can get to destroy you. So the moment they sinned, the only thing God could do was to separate them, cut off those who is like uh, gangrene, you know, gangrene, you know, uh, an infected leg that was not treated suddenly is infected with gangrene. There's nothing else. Natural medicine, the thing they could now do is to cut off that particular leg. Why? If they don't cut off that particular leg or limb or hands or whatever that has been infected, it will spread all over the body and destroy the whole body and it will result in death. So what they do is to cut off the affected parts to preserve the remaining body. That's exactly what God did there. He cut off those people that were affected already. And there were a lot to preserve the rest. Jesus had not yet come. So there was no way he could do it any other way. There was no, there was no how. So they, they died because of what they did. He said, God could have forgiven. It wasn't about forgiveness. It was about preservation. All right. So Satan raised the government. And the only way his government can exist is if people rebel against God. So the old system of darkness is a corrupt system that exists based on rebellion against God. If every human on earth stops rebelling against God, the kingdom of darkness will no longer exist. It will cease to exist. To cease to exist immediately. Satan's kingdom is based on rebellion. As long as men rebel against God, Satan's kingdom will exist. That's it. So you have a system that is based on rebellion against God. The way to beat that system, that's why salvation, the gospel is important. The only way to win the devil is to get the people to be saved and to repent, to turn from Satan, to turn from rebellion, to God, to righteousness, to love, to peace. Yes, that's the way. That's how you save a family. That's how you save individuals. You turn them from rebellion to God. Not to religion, not to more religion, but no religion. That is God, that is Christ. Christ is a non-religious system. What do I mean by that? Before Jesus came, there was religion. And the highest religion was the religion of the Jews. Yeah. And it was permissive, if you, if you like. It was to lead them to Christ, the person. So now you don't have religion again. What you now have is the person of God. A direct relationship with God without middlemen. What you have are people who know God, who share their, what God has given to them with you. Your pastor is not a middleman. No, you have a direct access to God. Your apostle is not a middleman. You have direct access to God. But they are equipped to help you. They are front runners, trailblazers that go through 
territories you have not yet gone through they are specially equipped to handle things you are not equipped to handle and they guide you with what they learn with what god equips them with that's why they are there not because they are middlemen between you and god no but they are helpers of your faith helpers of your joy by sharing with you they take a lot of things for your sake it's a special calling to be an apostle a pastor a prophet an evangelist and a pastor and teacher yes it's special so they get things done for you but they are not middlemen between you and god you have direct access to god if the spirit of god that raised christ from the dead dwells in you that's all you need that's direct access that's as direct as it can be you never have to go to god god is always in you you just need to be aware of this know this and be aware of this and be conscious enough to live of it and by it so that's important for us to know if you want the devil out of your house just stop the rebellion against god and that starts by receiving christ into your life it starts by making jesus christ your lord he is lord whether you accept him or not but you get the benefit of his lordship when you accept his lordship that is you believe he died for your sins and resurrected for your justification and now is lord over all including you that means you surrender all to him and you let him lead and guide you through his spirit in you that comes into you and regenerates you makes you a brand new being once you accept Christ, accepting Christ is accepting the whole work of salvation in you and through you. All right, so that's important for us to know. You can bring down the old shenanigans of Satan, his evil, which causes depression, causes all these terrible things, simply by rejecting rebellion against God and turning to Christ totally, completely. Not as one of the people you turn to, but as the only person who now guides and chooses your life for you because he knows better than you and is empowered to do so. And he loves you. He is loved as his nature. Praise the Lord. So I wanted to share this with you very quickly. I pray that this helps you. God bless you. Amen.